All right, guys, welcome back to the Short Story Long Podcast, where we share the work and play of working class Midwestern millennials. I'm your host, Sam Derrickson, joined by my co-host, Andrew Dial. What's up, guys? And another call-in guest host, Mr. Jason Fulhaber. What's going on? Well, thanks for joining us, Jason. We just kind of like we're testing some audio equipment and and Sam's like, call Jason. So I called Jason. I said, hey, you want to do a podcast? And here we are. Hey, any opportunity to put off doing dishes, I'm, I'm cool with. So F them dishes. Right. So public <laughs> service announcement, Jason is looking for a new dishwasher. <laughs> Facts. Preferably one that puts out. <laughs> White to match his other appliances. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> early 90s model with lots of problems. Yeah, low miles, preferably. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, I don't really have any what's new. Dozer, do you have any? I, you do have a what's new. Yeah, I got new. some what's new. So I ran into your mother at Walmart. Oh, God. Uh, so I walked in. I looked her right in the face, and I was like, I know this lady. I was like, that's Sam's mom. So I walked up and said, hey, I know you. She goes, yeah, I'm Sam's mom. You, you know, I got the cat off of you. I was like, yeah, I know who you are. Mufasa. So uh, <laughs> I talked to your mother for a little bit, and she said she would love to listen to more of our podcast, but she doesn't have good internet at her house. She's a nice lady. So I explained to her that she needs to get an AT&T hotspot, which is what we use for internet, because I only live probably a mile and a half. Maybe as two, the crow flies, as the yeah. crow flies from your mom. And she didn't know that. It's good to catch up. I met your stepdad, which is crazy to say out loud. That dude's like seven foot tall. He's a big guy. And uh, town. And uh, he was very nice. I felt like I had met him before. And I was like, I think I've met you before. He's like, absolutely not. I was like, okay. <laughs> oh, well, all right. He works um, at the Effingham Courthouse Museum. Okay. And uh, he's very knowledgeable on like the history of Effingham. I feel like that dude needs to be on the podcast, like not even joking. He could probably tell us some serious stories. Um, he's actually asked me several times to find somebody to kind of pass the torch. Um, they don't have anybody to run that museum. No, but nobody wants to do it. It's all volunteer work. And uh, they're having to shorten hours and stuff, which I've, I've been up there with them. And it's pretty intriguing, like all the stuff that they do, um, restoring all of the, you know, artwork and the plaster work and the hand, like they had Stevens Industries custom built and reproduced the handrails in the main courtroom where all the exhibits are. They had like one piece that was good. They took it to Stevens and they like 3D CAD scanned it or whatever. And they reproduced a whole handrailing for the whole front of the courtroom. It's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So, Jason, you got anything new? Oh, you packed for KOH? Yeah, I think uh, all my stuff's packed and gone, and just I don't know, just counting down the uh, the hours till you know Sam and I get ready to uh, fly out there. Uh, I know over the weekend they ran King of the Motors out there, which I've never really watched before. So I kind of first time watching them do like hard enduro you know, dirt bikes up, you know, basically goat paths and rock trails that cars are going to be running down uh, next week. And I don't know that was pretty cool. So I'm just I'm ready to be out on the lake bed. You know, it's always a, a good time. Always an interesting experience. So excited. So that's, I'm like I said, just, I'm counting on you to be my like encyclopedia of all things. King of the hammers. 
I expect you to fully memorize the uh, map of the vendor area so that when I need to know where the Wi-Fi tent is or where the ice cream stand is, I just need to turn to you and say, hey, take me there. Okay. I will do that. And plus, I will probably, you know, be one of those people that like, I'll be like, well, that's such and such from that YouTube channel and that's such and such from that YouTube channel because, you know, uh, pretty much the who's who of the off-road world will be out there. So, so we I also will... have a special request. One of my customers said that, and, and you're, you can take over as soon as I tell you, the guy, the Matt's off-road recovery or, or... Yes. So he's going to be out there with his new big badass tow truck and he wants me to take a picture with him. So if you see him, I won't recognize him. So point him out to me so we can oh. get a picture. And he also wants us to get a picture of Jesse or Casey or somebody's butt. Whoever his wife is or girlfriend or whoever it is. The, the girl in yoga pants that does videos with him. Uh, no, that'd be Lizzie. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, I mean that, that's like the young... The, the younger one, Jamie is his wife, but the younger one is Lizzie. She's the one that welds. Um, is she 18? But he's talk uh, she's probably over 18. Okay, good. So, so but that's the, uh, he's talking about the world's largest off-road records, what he's calling it. They, they basically took an old international cab and built a frame uh, from the ground up. And I think it's on like two and a half ton axles and like 54 inch tires and that's got like four or five different Badlands winches and Harbor Freight actually four. went through and they, they, they legitimately, they got like one for, one for the, uh, the boom on the back and then one for each side, one on the front. And then uh, Harbor Freight actually went through and made him a custom controller so you can control all those remotely from the inside. Uh, it's bright yellow. You're probably not going to be able to miss it. He just dropped an episode the other day and said his plan is to try and get it and, uh, operational and run it up chocolate thunder so i mean he's a kind of a taller bigger dude uh red hair and like i said a bright yellow record i don't think you're gonna say matt's off-road recovery on the side of it i don't think we'll miss that so was he there. the guy that had the square body dually wrecker on kings last year no <clears> no <throat> that might have been uh there, there i know that he's got a buddy who's named rory who's got what they call trail mater and that's a uh, dually square body and you've probably seen plenty of videos of him just like airborne so, i think yeah. you know so that's that guy. yeah it's got stacks up through the bed yeah i think i think see there's there's two different uh square bodies that i that i know of i know that rory is one of them and now rory's gone up like uh the elevator i think it, uh or the chute over there at sand hollow backwards in his dually wrecker yeah that was that um, guy there's two yeah, dually okay. wreckers i've only seen one there's one that's like brownish colored that that's trail mater. And then there's another one that's like reddish in color. And I can't remember what the, the reddish in color one is named, but either way, like I said, that's uh, they're actually getting ready to do what they're considering the, they're calling the uh, off-road wrecker Olympics. And there's a couple different people that have been building these wreckers. Uh, there's another YouTube channel called fab rats. They've been building a, what they're considering a rat rod wrecker. It's a square body, uh, but they've actually like, what is it? Is it Bob the front? So they narrowed the front end on it and done a whole bunch of stuff, custom stuff to it. And they're going to be doing that out in Sand Hollow. I think the beginning of March, they are just announced, you know, dates and times and oh, they've made a huge like spectacle of it. They're going to have vendors out there. And I think uh, uh, like, uh, what do you call it? They've got judges actually to judge 
you know, who built the best off-road wrecker. So, but no, no doubt we'll definitely find him. I don't think if he's out there, it'll be hard to miss. Is top truck challenge still a thing? Not that I know of. I mean, I got, I was kind of sad when uh, the real truck club challenge disappeared. Do you remember that at all? Not even a little bit. I got bit. started on this. Hey, no, ch- check say, your text messages, Jason. The uh, real truck club challenge was basically, uh, I'm looking at that. I don't know that. I'm not sure. That might be Trailmater. Going through a tunnel. So that that's the guy that did recovery on the shootout one year. <clears throat> Maybe yeah. the first year we went out there. You weren't there. No. <laughs> anyway, so, all right, let's get to this episode. So we've talked about what's new and Jason's internet friends. So <laughs> back in the day when we had a lot less responsibility and we were cooler uh, and, and we... Trying to think how to, to word this. For probably two summers, we went to the lake almost every other weekend, if not every weekend. So when it was all started, I guess we got to give credit. Jason kind of got us into this, though. Sam grew up at the lake. I don't know who wants to start at so, the origins <clears throat> here, but. So it started when I had that 750 sit down. And something got messed up with it as I was getting it ready to go to take to the lake because your grandpa had a boat and we were wanting to go to the lake and do lake things. And then Jason had the 440. And I had, just in my dad's shed, I had a 650SX stand-up and a 550 stand-up. Were they hanging on the wall? No. Okay, I thought they were hanging on the wall. They were just on the floor. Okay. And I guess Jason, take it from there. Jason, you start oh. with your jet ski story. Let's okay. go back to the let's go back to the roots. We got to make some time uh, on this. Is a uh, short story long. So uh, my my uh, my jet ski roots go back to uh, the uh, the summer of alt seven. I was uh, going to SIU Carbondale, and I got an internship doing uh, from Tech Automotive. Uh, which was basically working on the Ford Tech Hotline up in Detroit. And I had two other buddies that were also going up there as well. And for whatever reason, you know, you're up there. We're working 40 hours a week just sitting in a cubicle, answering phones, wanted to do something for fun. Well, my one buddy had this, bought this stand-up jet ski. And so the other two of us were like, well, hell, let's let's just get stand-up jet skis as well. And I'd never ridden a jet stand-up jet ski before in my life and just went on Craigslist back then because Facebook Marketplace wasn't really around back in alt seven. And I found this, you know, 1989 Kawasaki JS 440, and it was like mint condition. And the guy just wanted like 500 bucks for it. And at that point in time, I did not have a trailer. All I had was I was driving my dad's at the time, his uh, 2000 uh five ford focus st which is a, a sedan you know five speed manual car and so i remember driving out there had no trailer gave the guy the money and like with help from that guy we just basically picked the jet ski up and like opened the the, the trunk and just kind of halfway stuck it in the back so it's like most of it was sticking out of the back and uh i just i ratchet strapped it down and i remember driving 80 down the interstate over to my buddies and 
I remember that next day we uh, we went out to the lake. Uh, one buddy had a conversion van, you know, like with the the kind that had like the refrigerator and it was almost like the RV type camper. Um, and they had a two place trailer, so each one of their skis was on the trailer. We just took my G or my ski, stuck it in the back of the uh, the van. And then we went out to uh, Lake St. Clair up there. And I remember for like the next four hours, it was probably like just miserable because I'd never ridden a stand-up before. And I just, I was attempting to like chase after them who had ridden stand-ups before. And I just was trying to like gas it and just stand up. And then after a while, I learned you got to kind of like start on your knees, get a feel for it. Cause the balance is all weird. Cause those old vintage skis have a narrow platform. And then eventually got to the point where I was at the end of the four hours, I was able to stand up. Well, that summer, I mean, we were just out on the lake up there every single uh, weekend. Like we would legitimately work our 40 hours, basically come Friday night, I'd go head over to their place where they were staying. We'd probably just drink, get drunk, wake up the next day, go out to the lake, jet ski for like nine hours, go home, drink, get drunk, and wake up and then go jet ski all day Sunday. And the I remember the one guy uh, was in the cubicle across from me. He kind of like joked around at one point and like, you know, basically called us lake roaches because we were out at the lake like every single uh, weekend. And that was my summer that year. It's just jet skiing. Well, you know, fast forward to internships over. I go back down to Carbondale and I brought my ski down with me. And I was basically going out to Lake Kincaid down in Carbondale and I'd ride and I actually like wound up that one year I got uh, mono and pneumonia because I decided it was going to be smart to ride the end of October and the water was like 50 degrees. And I don't know, I just, I wanted to like, just say that I rode like the very end of October, you know, as late into the season as I could, had no wetsuit, I was dumb. And then eventually once I started hanging out with uh, Dozer and Sam and uh, then like Sam said, they got wind that I had a ski. Well, Sam had that 550s sitting around, and I remember he tried to get me to buy it off of him, and I was like, no, I don't really want to buy it off of him. At that point in time, I had a two-place trailer but only one ski, and Sam was like, hey, like, why don't you just pick this thing up? And at that point in time, I was like living up north with my parents, and he's like, just pick this ski up and see if you can't get it running. He's like, I think it needs this, this, and this, and so I was like, okay. So I remember sitting out in front of my parents' house and I was just working on these skis and I uh, got whatever I needed to replace on it. I think he said he thought it was a head gasket that needed to be replaced. So I changed that out. And I remember I took it over to the closest loading dot or loading ramp I could find and just ran it on the uh, the uh, trailer. And like surprisingly, I don't think that I did any tuning on that. I just pulled the head off, put a head gasket on there, tightened everything back down, hooked everything back up, and it just ran. And then I I think it was starting at that point in time, I was down here like I think every other weekend, if not every weekend. And the, I think, Dozer, I think you bought the 550 then off of Sam. Uh, my, and then My brother did. Yeah. yeah. And, and just so, so everybody mm-hmm. understands, we're talking about like the jet skis you stand up on, like the old video game. You know, the Wave Runner video game or whatever. Yeah. So they weren't like sit down, relax, have fun. It was like stand up and fight for your life. And yeah. The, and I- the nomenclature jet ski is like Kleenex. Mm-hmm. Jet ski is a model by Kawasaki and they invented a jet propulsion 
tiny watercraft for one person, and it was you stood up on it. It was in the late seventies. You stood up on it with a hand pole that moved up and down, and they're extremely difficult to ride when compared with a quote unquote sit down jet ski. Yeah, and then the the older models, like like Sam said, like the late seventies, eighties models. They had a real narrow platform. I think you had a 300 at one point. There was a 440 and a 550, and those are all based off of the same platform. And someone told me at one point in time, they said, if you can ride in one of those vintage skis, you can ride about anything because they're so narrow that they're just real, like, unstable. So if, you know, you could learn your balance on those, you could, you know, ride about anything. And then I think, like you said, at that point in time, you had that 650. So then we had... My 440, we had the 550, then we had a 650, which is a stand-up jet ski as well, but it's a different platform. Uh, it's a little bit wider. Um, a little and longer. Then little, yeah. And then I think, uh, didn't OMK have that, uh, that 750 sit-down at that point in time too? I had a 750 sit-down. OMK had a 750 sit-down. I had a 750 sit-down. Oh, it was yours. Uh, so I bought, so all these guys had stand-up jet skis, and I was like, well, I want a jet ski to go to the lake with my friends. So I bought a uh, 750 Kawasaki ZXI, I think, from, from Cody that was on consignment. If I remember correctly, the lady was 48 and pregnant. Jesus. And her youngest child was like 18 at that time, and she was another child, so... I bought the ski, and they had a title for a ski, the ski, but not the title for the trailer. So I ended up buying the two-place trailer from Sam, and we moved the bunks to go from two stand-ups to we had my sit-down ski on it, and my brother bought the 550 off of Sam. So we had those two. So rewind. Before I met Dozer and the whole crew in Effingham, I, like he said, I grew up going to the lake with my dad. Well, going to the lake with a 50-something-year-old man consists of, you know, a Sunday afternoon, fishing, driving very slow, and not really any recreation. And all these guys, I'm hanging out, let's go to the lake, let's go to the lake, the lake is so awesome. Like, it's, it's not that great. I don't. I've been going to the lake for years. It's it's just whatever. Well, they finally drug me out one time with without quote unquote adults and a cooler full of beer. And after that, I was like, all right, this we can actually have fun out here on the water. <laughs> so after that, I mean, it was every single weekend because my dad had the pontoon boat. Yeah. So, well, uh, before we get into the pontoon boat, I want to state that. When we first started going to the lake, we did not have a boat or did not, did not bring your dad's boat. <clears throat> we just went to the beach. So we would go to the beach and take turns riding stand-ups. And it was okay. You know, the women, our girlfriends could sit on the beach and uh, we couldn't really drink that much beer. We were underage, I think, at the time. And uh, finally, we get your dad convinced to let us take the pontoon. I remember we went down to Missouri. Yeah, I was going to say there was the pontoon. Yeah, it was a 4th of July weekend. We went yeah. canoeing, and then we found, we went to Lake Stockton. 
and uh, the girls went to the beach, and we rode stand-ups, and that was the first time I got up on a stand-up jet ski. So we had either my sit-down or Sam's sit-down. I don't remember which one. And the and Jason's 440. And uh, that 440, I was 250 pounds back then, 240 pounds. And that 440, it was all she wanted to get me up. I remember taking a lot of jet nozzle in the crotch <laughs> and uh, <laughs> finally got up. And, and, you know, of course, it didn't last long, you know, as everybody's first time doesn't last long. <laughs> and uh, that was the first time I got up on a, on a stand-up was Jason's. Well, I guess people probably don't realize that with a stand-up, you legitimately, like, basically start off being drugged through the water, and then you have to pull yourself up onto the platform. And then at that point in time, once you're on plane, then you stand up. So, like you said, the, the jet nozzle to the crotch, that's that's a real thing. So then we talk Sam's dad into letting us use his pontoon boat, which was like his fishing boat. Mm-hmm. And I had my dually at the time. That became uh, that became like our party barge, and I remember loading toolboxes onto that thing because yes. we had you know vintage jet skis. They were all '80s vintage jet skis, and we worked on them as much as we rode them. Really, we'd drag them up onto the deck. Yes. Yep. I'm pretty oh. sure that was that was my thing. Like we'd drag it up on the front of the pontoon boat. I crack open a beer, and I'd sit there and I'd work on it. And then we'd get it going again and then just throw it back off in the water and keep going. Most of the time we were tightening the flywheel on or on uh, Jason's jet ski. Yeah, like it, after, for some reason, after that 4th of July trip, it was never the same. Like it just, that's when it came loose the first time and just could not keep that tightened down. But I don't know. I remember that like that one day was the worst day that ever, like, cause we would refuel them when we were sitting in the cove. Well, of course, you know, you're, you've got your buddies that are sitting there riding around your, your crate and wake where well, you're got someone in the water trying to hold the ski. Then someone also trying to dip a gas can or you know, dump a gas can in there, which all those, uh, eighties jet skis are all two strokes. So you got, you know, gas mixed with oil. And I'll never forget that. Like there was one time I was trying, I was in the water. Someone was refueling a wave came and spilled gas in the water. And I just remember that gas like touched and somehow like it touched my pecker and it was like <laughs> on fire. Like I was jumped up on the boat and I was shoving ice down my pants. Like it just, it burned so bad. I never forgot that. Scott Kaufman says that's how you get rid of crabs. <laughs> gasoline. <laughs> gasoline. Gasoline cleans everything according to Scott Kaufman. Oh, I, I believe it. Like I said, that, that hurts so bad, but I don't know. I, I remember too that we would we thought we were like living, you know, because because we were. You, well, you had that. Uh, you <laughs> had your uh, you had your M ten oh nine. Remember, mm-hmm. and we would basically you know haul skis with that out to the lake, and then you even went and had T shirts made that said you know Team Lake Roach. So yeah, Jason we knew a guy back then. Jason started calling us Team Lake Roach, and uh, uh, because. His buddy said something about them being lake roaches, so it almost became like an unofficial group. Like I brought my then girlfriend wife out, and Eric would bring you know whatever girl he was dating, and and we just, I mean, it was like we couldn't get enough of it. Like we went to the lake, I mean, m- multiple weekends in a row. Never got sick of it. And I remember just, 
uh, you'd just be wore out by the end of the day between the sun and the booze and, and riding a stand-up jet ski. and We'd have ham sandwiches with cheese and Doritos. Yes. I remember my wife got a, uh, or my then-girlfriend, my wife now, she got a margarita pitcher or oh, something. And it like, didn't yeah. it taste like soap yeah. or something like that? Yeah. Like, it just tastes like straight soap. Drank it anyway. But uh, I don't even know. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that, like, at that point in time, she was working third shift at Stevens. So, like, she legitimately like, got off of work and, like, hey, let's go to the lake. And, like, she came with us. I think there's a picture some of her, like, hugging that whole, like, big margarita jar thing. Yeah, she would work third shift all night and then go to the lake with us and, like, try to get, like, two or three hours of sleep before she had to go back to work. And uh, those were the days. That was a good time. We didn't, we didn't know how good we had it. No, back. we didn't. We did not. Like looking back, you thought we had it bad then. I mean, every, I mean, legit the whole summer, every single weekend we were out on the water and it, and it's just like, I I don't really know how to explain it, but you know, you don't know what you got while you got it. And, you know, you know, looking back, we had, you know, a 1996 pontoon boat, 1980s vintage jet skis. It was far from the best equipment, but I would go on a limb to say we had more fun than anybody on that lake that summer because, you know, you, you think about the guy with the big power boat or whatever, he, he screams past you and you think, man, that would be fun. But he's probably fighting with his wife because she can't back the trailer into the water <laughs> and he's burning $600 worth of gasoline and we're out there in a, you know, our whole operation combined was less than probably $5,000 worth of junk. <laughs> Not counting your truck. Well, yeah. If you, well, the bank's truck. <laughs> do, you, do you remember that time that the, uh, the pontoon boat bought one on its side? <laughs> on Keller Drive? Yeah. Tur- turning left off of Route 32 onto, onto Route 33 coming by Louie's there. I was on a pass. Uh, we're going through facebook pictures those were the days that pontoon boat was on one of those narrow trailers that went between the pontoons and uh if you made too risky of a maneuver it would tilt onto one wheel and the pontoon would drag on the pavement (laughs) and it it did that sorry dad then then (laughs) those are your your m1009 didn't have a radio so remember we had that uh that like boom box that like I had and we put batteries in it. We set that on the dash and we played whatever we could off of that while we were oh, like yeah. cruising out to the lake. It was, it was always kind of a logistical thing to get everything launched into the water and then all met up at whatever cove. But I mean, it was like, like you were saying, we didn't know how good we had it. We just, I don't know. We just. So my, my brother bought that 550 and I really liked that 550 because it had an aftermarket pipe on it. And you know, you just got full two stroke vibes. Uh, I remember we put, uh, uh, what do they call it? That the, uh, oh man. Water box. No, 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 no. The turf. Oh, hydro turf. We put hydro turf on it. We put a bilge pump. Um, maybe a different throttle or something. Timer bulb and uh, throttle. It, it I, I really like that jet ski. That was one you could get on, just hit the, hit the gap, hit the start button. It would go. Um, 
Sam had a 650, and after I think Eric ended up buying it, and it was an SX, and that was the most porpoising piece of shit. Uh, it would get me out of the water. Like, say I was a big man. It would pull me up out of the water the best of any ski, but you couldn't hardly. It was not enjoyable to ride. I wouldn't stay in the water. Wouldn't stay in the water, and uh, it was quiet. You know, the 550 had a pipe on it, and that was just like, you know, the 650, I just, I wasn't a big fan. Uh, did you ever ride? You ever ride the 750 that I had? Yeah, I did. I uh, I remember that was pretty good. Well, see, my my biggest problem was is that so it had when a no I, fat when chick I, sticker. <laughs> yeah, and it, it lit. It lived in the house in uh, on Dozer's house in Henrietta Street, like inside the living <laughs> yeah, room. Yeah, in for the a living bit. room. Well, is what happened. So, uh, Jason probably got his tax return. Yep, because Jason was. And possibly still is a tax return baller. Hell yes. No, no, no. That the, the, <laughs> where that where that came. Remember where that came from was where I got that Dodge pickup that I was gonna use as a tow rig. Then I decided I was gonna scrap it out, and it had a it had a manual trans in it, and it was only like a three eighteen gas engine. But then I I sold the whole uh, transmission assembly, like the trans and the clutch pedal and all that stuff to some Cummins fanboy that wanted to manual swap their Cummins. And that's where I got the money to, uh, uh, that's where that, that picture that I sent you today came from with all those extensions on yes. there. We were taking the, the bell housing out of that, that worked, transmission. That worked nicely. If I remember. Oh, it did. It worked excellent. We like, I think we were trying to get the bell housing bolts out of this like 96 Dodge Ram truck. And we didn't have a long extension at the time. So we put like, what is that? There was, was there probably like six or seven extensions on an impact? And, you know, it's one of those things is so dumb it worked, but it got it out. But that's where I got the money to buy that 750 because we drove up all the way to Kankakee in the snowstorm to go buy that ski. Yeah. yeah with your red focus. I still have yes. a picture on my Facebook or my time hop or something that shows up all the time. You got your single place trailer behind your red Ford focus in the middle of a snowstorm, dragging that 750 home. And I, I see my 440 became dead to me. Remember we were going to, uh, me and Cody were going to build flat deck projects. I got that, like that kind of like parts ski that was given to me. And then Cody had that other ski. Then we went in Dozer's garage and we were going to build flat decks out of, uh, two of those. So we cut, the sides off the back and we were going to glass all that stuff. And I had a 750 motor out of that. I don't, I don't even know where it's a 650 no. sit down. Was it a 650? Yes. I thought it was a 750 sit down. No, no, no. I don't remember even where that sit down came from. Cody had the 750 motor. Gotcha. Which I, I don't remember. Now. I don't remember where that, that ski came from, but I was going to put a, a, a bigger motor in it. And I, I had all these sorts of plans. And then I decided that I was like, I didn't want to build a flat deck project anymore. And that's when I decided I, I was just going to go and you're, buy a you're 750. You were chasing a woman at that point in time. I think so. But I, I just, I decided which, that like. Which I still owe you a slap because we slap bet on that flat deck. Oh yeah. Well, you also owe me another slap too, because remember we bet about uh, you riding jet skis in Bimini that year. And that happened. And so. I guess I'll get drunk on the lake bed and slap you twice. There you go. Do it. I, I I won't retaliate because like I said, I know that they're coming, but I, I just, I remember that when I was up in Detroit, there was this place that, that we affectionately called jet ski heaven. And I remember that 
that uh, when I was up there, me and then my other two buddies from school, and they had another guy that was working at the hotline. So we took four skis and we had to, we basically, I think we like lined them instead of going long ways on a trailer, we put them all uh, going across and we had to take a car ferry to get to this island. And we basically slept on a DNR boat ramp, woke up in the morning, like at the butt crack of dawn and had a small little grill. I think we made like sausage and eggs just as the sun's rising up. The water was glass. Like I've never seen it like, you know, smoother than that. And in some areas that water was only, you know, a couple inches deep. And you want to talk about a ski handling different from choppy water versus like, you know, smooth water. And you just haul ass. And it was so much fun. Well, there, there was a guy that was up there that had these 750s and they're like, and they're like, Hey, do you want to like, uh, ride one of these? And so got a chance to ride one. And at that point in time, I was like, man, like 750 power, that's where it's at. I was going from a 440 is like, I knew in my head at some point in time, I wanted one of those. So when I bought that 750, I thought, man, this is going to be where it's at. Like I've got the power. I've it. the hole. I think was a little bit wider. It was longer. And to be perfectly honest, when I started riding it, I just, I did not like it. Like the power was there and it was great. But when I was going wide open, I could not, I felt like I couldn't keep it straight. Like the, the ass end would just start kind of like, you know, walking itself like back and forth. So I could never go like full power. And just the way that the hole uh, maneuvered in the water, I just, I couldn't manipulate it as good. Like my 440, I maybe it's just because I got so used to the 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 narrow hole, but I got I just I love the old hole. And on my 440, I remember when I was down at uh, Lake Kincaid. I remember I was, I'll be honest, I was chasing women at that point in time, and I was trying to show off for an ex girlfriend. And I that point in time, I realized that I could submarine my 440, and I would just wedge my feet, you know, to the outside. And I could just basically pick it up and hop it out of the water. So I'd give it, you know, three good hops and I just nose down, I'd go under. But the problem with the 440 is it just didn't have enough balls once you got back up to kind of get back up on plane right away. It kind of like paused for a minute. Um, so I always thought, well, if I had more power, well, like I said, then I got that like 750 and this, the hole just wasn't the same. I couldn't pick it up like I could the uh, the old school hole. And like I still have my. 440 hole it got mothballed for what did we decide those are like 10 years like i just i the 440 was dead to me like the flywheel kept coming off no matter we tried welding it and it would still like rattle itself off and i just got tired of it and i put it in my shed and then dozer and i had the uh the crazy idea last last summer to just pull it back out and see if we could make it run and i guess that was kind of like a 50 50 win we we got it to run after it literally sat in my shed outside for probably 10 years. Unwinterized. Unwinterized. Cause I, I didn't care about the motor. I said, screw it. Like if it is what it is, I'm done with this. If I put another motor in it, it's going to be something bigger. And, you know, at that point in time, life kind of happened, had kids and it's like, well, you know, when you have a stand up, it's only one person. You can't ride, you know, take your kids out or anything like that. So I guess it kind of became dead to me more or less. And I just sort of, you know, threw it in the corner of a shed. And I think it was one summer night. Dozer's like, Hey, let's go dig your full 40 out and make it run. I'm like, I was, it was hot last summer and yeah. I was having, I was having nostalgic flashbacks 
of the lake and I love the lake. Like I love that smell when you pull up to the boat ramp and you get out of the truck and you can smell the lake and it even smells maybe a little bit nasty or, you know, algae, but I just love getting there. You hear the, the waves splashing on the shore and the boats off in the distance. And my wife, if she was on fire, I would, it would be hard to convince her to go to the lake. And, uh, same. For some reason, she just doesn't enjoy it, which I don't get because she went every weekend with us, but she does not long for the lake like I do. So I like literally had possibly a a midlife meltdown crisis last (laughs) summer. And I was like, I need to be on the water right now. Like there's between canoeing in Missouri and jet skiing on the lake. Like you get some sun and some flip flops on me and I, and I can smell some sunscreen and it just drives me crazy. Those are turns into a whole different person. Yeah. So I, you know, I was like, we need to get to the lake. So I said, Jason, you need to get, you need to get your jet ski out. So we get it out, get it running. Well, no, we don't get it running. (laughs) We put the jumper pack on it, put a battery in it or something. His battery from 10 years ago still held a charge. Jesus. So we put the battery in it, put the jumper pack on it because it still did need some help. Click. Click, 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 click. We're like, what the heck? Like, I'm like, beat on the starter. So Jason's like, okay. So we're like, wait, drag. no, no, no. Hey, you're, you're going too fast. No, 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 Remember, no. we looked down, there was no starter. God damn it, it, dude. I was getting there. Oh, okay. <laughs> you always do this, Jason. <laughs> you do not Can understand I... the art of storytelling. Oh, I'm sorry. Go, go. Proceed. Wait, wait. Didn't, didn't Sam's truck pull a head gasket? Oh, God. God. <laughs> Why do we have this guy on here? <laughs> I should have just I should have just muted him. Sorry. Well, any, yeah, you should have. <laughs> yeah, just need, we need to have a sign when I do this. That just means <laughs> So, like I said, click click click. I'm like hit the starter with a hammer. So we get like an extension or a something like a piece of pipe. He goes to hit the starter. There isn't one on there. So we're like, "Oh yeah, we stole the starter off of it for my brother's 550." So, um we're like, what do we like? We are jonesing to to ride this jet ski on a Saturday. Jason doesn't have kids at that on that day, and we we just need to do it. I've, I have a pond in my front yard, so there's only one person I can think of in the Effingham area that has any jet ski parts, and that's Tyler Duvall. Okay. So I messaged him. I said, hey, do you have a starter? He said, well, I've got one on my 550. You can have, just replace it, basically, one of them deals. So Tyler only lives two miles from me. So we go to his house, pull his jet ski out of mothballs, steal the starter off of it, go back, get Jason's fired up, runs like a top, we think. I mean, we've got it out of the water with a hose hooked up, and she's just singing. So... We put it in the pond, nothing, like no power at all. I bet. So Jason's, not Jason, Cody said, I see it all the time. It's scared of the water. Scared of the water, he calls it. Mm -hmm. So need to put a head gasket. So Jason orders a head gasket from Cody. We put a head gasket on it, put it back in the lake, still nothing. At this point, even to this day, we don't know what's wrong with it. I, my semi-professional opinion is the stator has moved there's a slotted stator mount that you time the motor with yep and it's either i would assume retarded at this point because the flywheel has come loose so many times and hit it Mm -hmm. 
but we can't take the flywheel off to time it. Because it's welded. Because it's welded on. <clears throat> so Jason's 440's junkish. I'm like, okay, well, Jason's is no count. So I called Tyler. Would, and I said, hey, would you sell this jet ski? When we're actually, when we were getting the starters, would you sell this? He's like, ah, oh, not, I mean, it's not really for sale, but maybe. And I, I made him an offer. What I feel like is a pretty fair market value. And it needed uh, crank bearings, needed a lower end. I bought that and we kind of put some crank bearings on it and, and just did the outside ones because those are the only ones coming apart. The inside are okay. And, uh, at that point we moved back to Jeeps and all of our skis have been mothballed since. What was the one that you bought with the aluminum hand pole? Was that Tyler's? It's from Tyler's. Okay. Yeah. So it's semi flat decked, got a bigger carb on it, like a 44 millimeter carb. Uh, full aftermarket exhaust, uh, like an aftermarket custom hand pull. It's got all kind of parts, probably more than I even understand. So we kind of missed a big section here because after our first year, Cody decided, well, I need to get in on this too because Cody was a jet skier down in Florida when he was going to school. Yeah, and Cody would go with us and... Every once in a while, yeah. Yeah, I remember he bought a uh, he bought one that's pretty hot. He had to run race gas, if I remember. Yep. But uh, some about all of his uh, water lines were plugged up with sand or something. He could never keep it cool. I remember. And uh, then Dylan Miller bought one. I don't even remember what he had. But then Kyle Willenberg bought. Uh, 750 SX sit down and painted it green. Remember that? I don't know. You don't remember the green SX? Oh, I don't. And then I, I think I remember. Yeah. And then you bought an 1100 ZXI. Oh yes. So I bought a, so Cody at that point was everybody started getting out of the standups and into the sit downs. Cody bought an Ultra 150. Yeah, so he had an Ultra 150, and I bought an 1100, and I was like, well, I need to make it keep up with Cody. So I pulled, the engine was bad in it, and me and Cody worked <clears> out a deal where I gave him my running 750, and he gave me a blown-up 1100 with a remanufactured SBC or SBT. SBT engine. So I put it together, and I was like, I'm going to make this thing hot. So I ported all the intake out, maybe put reed valves in it, did all the stuff the internet says. Well, the internet says once you port it, you need to jet it. So I jetted it up and put a primer kit in it and all this, and it never did run. I mean, it had less power than my 750. I do remember that. So super disappointed. I sold it to Cody for probably less money than I had in it because at that point I was married and we were having trouble even putting gas in our vehicles financially. So I sold it and was like, we're not going to the lake. I remember sitting in my house looking at the jet skis out on the trailer in the yard and I was just like disgusted with it. So I sold it to Cody. Cody put the chokes back in it, put the factory jets back in it, and it ran like a top. Hmm. Damn it. He told me, he's like, he's like, don't jet it. Don't jet it. I was like, the internet says you have to jet it. So I, your internet friends, your internet, I friends. put fatter <laughs> jets in it and it never did run. And like, say he put it back to stock and it ran fine. In the meantime, I sold both standups, one to your brother, one to, uh, OMK. 
Yep. And then I sold my 750 sit down and took some cash and all that, like the cash that I got from those jet skis and a little bit more cash. And I drove down to Jacksonville, Missouri. Does that sound right? Maybe. And bought a Honda Aquatrax RX T. The, the, don't, don't look the, at me at all. 1200cc turbo four cylinder Honda that jet thing ski. moved, I remember. And, oh, yeah. And I still have. So I. I was on, we were all on forums back then because Facebook wasn't really a place for information more than just sharing pictures and stuff. stuff. So, so we were all on these jet ski forums and I was on a jet ski forum and there was like this whole Aquatrax page. And at the time it was a pretty well known hot four stroke jet ski. And I bought this thing and like the big thing everyone did was sand the hole with like 800 grit sandpaper. Um, and I, like the, I guess the idea behind that was, is the semi rough surface on the hole would create micro bubbles in the water as you're moving forward and, uh, would reduce drag. So you would think like, Oh, if you polish the hole to a mirror shine, it'll go faster through the water, but that's not true because the more water surface area has contact with the hole, the more drag there is, the more drag, the slower you go. So if you create um, this micro bubble surface underneath the hole, it would reduce drag and you'd go faster. And that's kind of like the inverse uh, scenario to like water wetter. Uh, that you put in like a, a drag car engine to it's basically a surfactant that reduces the surface tension of the water to create smaller micro bubbles within the water jackets of the engine to create more surface area pulling heat away from the engine so the popular opinion was to add all these you know little add-ons and i bought aftermarket sponsons to help it handle better and if you cut the wheel on that thing it would throw you off i mean it was it was like it it was on rails and i got a one it's like a one of very very few limited production because it wasn't a very popular jet ski and uh they sold more of the three seaters than the two seaters and there was a ride plate that was an extended ride plate with deep grooves in it that helped to handle even better, but it deleted the reverse function of the jet ski. And I still have that. And one day I'd like to get another one and put it back on, but I bought a bunch of parts for it and a, uh, a control box that was like kind of like a boost cooler that cooled the map sensor into thinking it could keep the wastegate closed longer and add a little bit more boost to it. And like Dozer said, that jet ski would flat out move. And uh, I don't know if Dozer ever went a whole bunch, but that summer after the quote unquote team Lake Roach summer, Cody and I spent a lot of time down at Scott Blessing's house down at Lake of the Ozarks. And we would do a bunch of jet skiing, his Ultra 150, my Aquatrax. And uh, I think 
uh, Scott had some sea dews and stuff, but. No, I pretty much was done with the lake at that point, and I was disgusted with it because I had put so much work and money into that 1100 and it didn't work. And I was newly married and I thought it was time to grow up. You know, looking back, I should have hung out with you guys a lot more, but I was just, I had to be like negative towards the lake to not feel bad about not going. And, you know, just like, look at these guys wasting their time and their life and their money. You know, I'm here being a big adult, you know, and well, cause like you said, you had a, you know, starting a family and financially, you know, you were, was Laren still in school at this point or? No, she was graduated. Out of school? Okay. So she wasn't established in her career. You were I mean, still. We were, we were taking turns driving each other to work because we didn't have money to put gas in both of our vehicles. So, you know, adult wise, it was a wise financial decision to not take thousand dollar trips to Southern Missouri to go drink beer at the lake. So. Right. Well, anyway, if we would have got on Dave Ramsey at that point, it'd have probably been different, but that's a whole nother episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So m- one thing I also wanted to mention is kind of rewind back when Jason had a 750 stand up is probably some of the most fun I had. At least the trip that sticks out in my mind is me and Jason went out or he sold his jet ski on a Sunday morning. And we went way north of Shelbyville up on the river by Sullivan. And we were up on the river part of the lake. And we rode for a couple hours that morning. The water was just glass. You remember that, Jason? Oh, yeah. And that was, I mean, that was some of the most fun I had. I still have got the picture of, of us doing that. Um that was a good time. I had I took my brother's 550 and Jason's 750, and we just rode all morning. And that may be one of the few times you ever rode that ski. Yeah, I think I only rode it a handful of times. And like I said, I don't know. Like the power was great, but I just I just could not get over how it handled. I forgot who I was talking to, if I but I was talking to someone about like what can I do to make this handle better like do i put sponsors on it like the ride plate like i could not figure out why like it would just get to wiggling and i just i think i i got just i was just disgusted with it <laughs> I was like, that's why i was like i just i didn't care about that anymore and then i wound up selling it well me and laren were getting married and we you were living in our house yeah and you needed to find somewhere to either rent or buy and i think you sold that jet ski for the down payment on your house might have been and uh it uh like say he he bought that jet ski in the middle of winter and uh it was not winterized so when we got home we put it in the living room at my house and my wife was not going to get married and move into a house that had my buddy living in it with a jet ski in the living room so i'm pretty sure that guy didn't he have like a heated like patio that he was keeping that ski on out in like kankakee when we got it he lived on the river up there yeah so so moving forward, uh, I know Cody still jet skis. He's got two really nice skis. So in the interim, what you don't, <clears throat> what you didn't talk about was, I had sold the Aquatrax, and as part of that forum, which this will be in a future podcast, there was a bunch of guys down in Florida, and they talked about how. 
of, you know, during the summertime, you know, their jet ski adventures. And we had always talked about different jet ski trips. And one of the biggest ones that I had before I sold the Aquatrax, there was one uh, at Lake of the Ozarks where, I don't remember what town, but the YMCA does a big fundraiser every year. And they give away a Kawasaki jet ski, brand new jet ski. And the idea was it was a big fundraiser and you had to sell X number of raffle tickets um, for this jet ski. And if you sold all these raffle tickets, you were invited on a trip from the Bagnell Dam, which is the dam that creates the Lake of the Ozarks, through three different rivers to St. Louis. It's called the Three Rivers Run. And I I had, I was so sold on that. I, I bought whatever 150 tickets in order to resell them to do this Three Rivers Run. And I had everything set up to do it. I had a ride down to Lake of the Ozarks and someone to bring my trailer back to St. Louis. And I was, I, I would still do it. I would do it this summer if, if the opportunity presented itself. But that was the summer that I broke my arm, oh. my, my, my shoulder. Oh. And I was obviously not able to ride a jet ski. So we canceled that trip. And, uh, I didn't, didn't do that obviously. And then we spent some, that was kind of like our last lake summer. I don't know if you remember that or not, but we were going to Lake a bunch that summer too with my broken shoulder because I was off work. And uh, the following summer, we had as part of that forum I was talking about, these guys in Florida talk about in the summertime, they ride from Miami, Florida to Bimini in the Bahamas, which is 53 nautical miles away. And I pitched this idea a couple times to both Dozer and Boss Man, and everyone kind of thought I'm an idiot. There's no way you can ride a jet ski across the ocean, yada, yada, yada. And uh, a few months later, I'm at Cody's shop. I think I was still off work at this point, and I was kind of half, half-ass working for him, getting fuel and stuff, just wanting something to occupy my time. And he said, hey, how serious were you about that trip? And, well, I mean, people do it all the time. And he's like, I want to propose to my girlfriend. And I think that would be kick-ass if we could do that. Um, Let's do it next summer. And uh, I'll buy a jet ski, you buy a jet ski, and we'll do it. So I was like, hell yeah, I'm in. So I bought a 2012 Sea-Doo RXTX, which is a, a three-seater, and it was a like Copart salvage auction, and it had been theft recovery or whatever, doesn't matter. And I picked it up in a snowstorm in the bed of my dually. I don't know if you remember that picture. Oh yes. And uh, I I still have a picture. It shows my time hop every year. I'm at the gas station in Mattoon getting fuel in the truck. And I've got the jet ski in the bed of the truck, pulling an empty jet ski trailer behind it. And I drove down to Effingham uh, to Crossroad Truck Equipment and used their overhead crane to load it out of the truck onto the trailer. And Cody effed around and never did buy a jet ski, which was a blessing in disguise because we ended up using 
Scott Blessing's uh, Seabold Eagle, like a 23-foot runabout with a single 454 in it. And we drove from Effingham to Miami, launched his boat and my jet ski in Miami, and drove them from Miami to Bimini, Bahamas, where we spent a week, and Cody proposed to Peyton, and then drove back, which is a whole nother podcast, a story. We'll get Boss Man on here to tell you that story. Um, and then I had that jet ski for a couple years, took it to Lake of the Ozarks a few times, and everyone, you know, life happened, and everyone kind of grew up and moved on, and so I sold that, uh, would have been probably five years ago now, right before I started working at Snap-on, and fast forward to three years ago, everybody goes every Tuesday night to Lake Shelbyville and rides jet skis. So Cody has a pair of 2020 Sea-Doo's that are really, really nice that he rides. And uh, we went with Marty Jansen and Brian Larson, Scott Kaufman, Brian Custer. We all went to St. Louis and put in by the, by the arch. And we rode up to Grafton on jet skis, ate lunch, and then rode back. And that was, that was a really, really good time. But you have to have a pretty serious jet ski. And I rode, Cody had a Yamaha. I don't even know what it was. You remember what it was? I have no idea. It was a 1,400cc Yamaha supercharged, but it had been, it was a retired race ski. Like it had... The hottest tune imaginable had a modified ride plate, modified intake grate, sponsons, and it was the most insane vehicle I've ever driven, piloted, whatever, in my entire life. Power to weight ratio. If you, and, and the funny thing about a jet ski is they're a finger throttle. So, like, not a twist throttle like a motorcycle, but your index finger pulls back on a throttle. So, pulls away from you, you give it even more throttle, which pulls it more, which gives it more. I mean, it's like a whiskey throttle in the, in the worst sense of the word. And if, and it happened a few times to me, if you blip the throttle, it would just run away from you. You would be sitting in the water, not knowing what the hell happened. And the jet ski's like 50 yards from you in a matter of zero seconds, 0.01 seconds. It's just gone. And after that day, I didn't have any gloves on, and my hands were raw and blistered from hanging onto the grip so freaking tight on that jet ski because it's so choppy on the on the Mississippi River. It's freaking nuts. And that's saying something because I remember we went to you did get me out to the lake one time. <clears throat> Looking back, I was so lame in my twenties, but that's besides the point. Um, you got me to the lake, and I think that's when Ryan had a boat. Ryan, oh yeah. Ryan got his uh, yellow Malibu. No, 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 no. That's oh. a whole different subject. Uh, <laughs> no, his, uh, it may have been his Malibu. Uh, my buddy's had a ski boat growing up, but he also had a, uh, a 29 foot Donzi with two four fifty fours. Yeah. That he sold to, uh, Jared. uh, Jared. Yes. So, which Jared still has it, but I, uh, went to the lake and you're like, here, ride this. And I rode your sea do. And I just absolutely cannot, imagine 
that Yamaha being faster than that Sea-Doo because it was unreal that, the acceleration. That Sea-Doo, that Yamaha made that Sea-Doo look like a like a freaking minivan. I mean, like the no Sea-Doo wonder was, why your hands are blistered the, because the Sea-Doo was quick and it was a freaking blast ride, especially in sport mode. But the, I mean, I know it, you just listen to me talk here, like yeah, yeah, whatever you bitch or whatever but i'm telling you and cody can verify that yamaha retarded absolutely stupid like i remember thinking multiple times like get me the hell off of this thing because it's very small very very lightweight and it was full i mean it's like driving like if you tried to drive a top fuel funny car to work like you could probably do it but it'd scare the freaking shit out of you right and you couldn't control it. That's how this Yamaha was. And I, I would I've never driven a top fuel funny car, but I mean, it was that uncontrollable. And you go, you know, it was just like there was no controlling it. You were basically along for the ride. And it, I mean, it was miserable. It was fun for like 20 minutes. And then it was just absolutely miserable. And I remember Cody being like, what's the big deal, you big puss or whatever? And I'm like, can I just switch you for like catch my breath for a little bit, like after lunch or whatever? And I rode his 300 horsepower Sea-Doo, and I, it was like driving a Cadillac, man. I was on cloud nine. That thing has cruise control. Wow. This jet ski has cruise control. You set on the dash. I want to go 30 mile an hour, and you just hold the throttle wide open, and it just the Goes engine just hour. just revs up and down and just holds you at 30 mile an hour. It's the freaking coolest thing ever. And then, like, 10 minutes in, he's like, give me my jet ski back. I don't want this piece of shit. Like, oh, what's wrong? <laughs> what's wrong, you big puss? <laughs> uh, so, I would say right now, listening to it, I really should be considering getting back into a sit-down so I can go with Cody and all his buddies on Tuesday nights. But right now, me and Jason are working on getting back into the stand-up thing. Uh, Cody had a 750 motor that I worked out a deal and got his 750 and his flat deck project, knowing full well that Jason needed a motor. So uh, between my 550 and that 750, we're hopefully going to get two running skis. And I got back into the jet ski thing thinking if we go one time a year, I'll be happy. So we'll go out, buzz around. Maybe uh, Jason and I both have kids. So Maybe we start going to the lake with them. The kids can ride the 550, you know. I, I, I'm i probably too big for a, a JS 550 at this point. I'm like 270 pounds. So I was, I was really thinking about getting into a super jet. They say okay. those are a lot better for bigger guys. Square nose? Uh, or whatever. I don't. I haven't looked into that. Maybe in, in, on the newer side. Oh, well. But uh, I haven't decided to budget or anything on that. But... Uh, Maybe I should be looking into a sit down. I don't know. I really, really want to get into a Kawasaki X2. Yeah, that would be sweet. Hell yes. Those are out there. Jason's got a buddy that races vintage jet skis, and he just bought one for like 800 bucks off a marketplace ready to go. Like they're every now and again come up. So before I bought, before I bought my, my Aqua Tracks, in New Jersey, I found an 89X2 with an 1100 triple already swapped into it. Nice. Fully built, ready to go. It's $4,000. And I was looking into shipping quotes to getting, it to, to getting it shipped here from New Jersey. 
And I was so close to pulling the trigger and Cody talked me out of it. Cause he's like, it's one thing if you build it and you know how it's built, but like you have no idea what corners were cut. You don't know like what wiring harness they use and, and all these little things that end up biting you in the ass in the long run. And thankfully I ended up passing and going with the aqua tracks little did cody know that uh you had started out with the bucket so you know all about previous owner fuckery <laughs> oh yeah for sure why, do. why does it why does it seem like once again like for instance like everyone was in the jeeping and then everyone got out of jeeping i kept my jeep and then people got back into jeeping and i still got my jeep and then it's like same thing with jet skis like i had my jet ski people got out of jet skiing i still got my jet ski laying around now I'm going to dig my jet ski back out again, which for the first time in like 10 years, it's actually sitting in the back part of my garage in like the heated area. So she's actually got some sort of uh, nice treatment, you know, only to undergo hopefully a motor swap this year and then bring my jet ski back out. Like, I guess maybe I just hold on to like old things, I guess. I don't the, know. The difference is, is no one is getting into vintage jet skis except for you and Dozer, maybe me. <laughs> Everyone else has $20,000 jet skis that they ride. And I would like to note that when all of Jason's friends get out of jeeping and jet skiing, that Jason does no more jeeping or jet skiing than his friends who don't have them, why they're not That's doing true. it. I just, I just keep my stuff around, though. At least you're not losing your ass on it like Dozer. No. What do you mean? You like you make a habit out of losing your ass on projects. Well, name five. <laughs> At, like everything ever. You literally twenty minutes ago just talked about losing your ass on that eleven hundred that you sold back to Cody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got four left. <laughs> oh geez. Anyway. Uh anyway. Well, uh, hey, hopefully Dozer, hopefully this summer you're we can maybe convince your father-in-law to let us go run out on his pond. A yeah, little bit. that's a no already. I heard. What? They're afraid it's going to upset the neighbors. Do you remember? We'll go up to Lake Shelbyville. Do we? Find we would go to Ryan's yeah. pond and mm -hmm. like intentionally run jet skis on his pond to like stir up the algae and stuff. Yeah, dude, we had races out there yeah, that one time. There was an issue though that Dylan went out there and didn't give anybody a heads up, and there was some. Because they were like test riding or whatever. There was some hurt feelings there, so I'm not sure if that invitation is still open or not. But I just meant like like ecosystem wise, it's good for the pond to get it agitated every once in a while. They say I don't know. I I would prefer not to ride in a pond. They're kind of nasty and muddy. Oh yeah, I um, I remember that time we ran out there, like having to stop every so often to pull the the algae out from the uh oh, what do you call it the jet rates. pump. Yeah, the it just gets we'll, shoved up in there. We'll just make the 35-minute drive to Lake Chevyville. It'll be fine. Well, I mean, I'd like to go. I think this summer I'd like to get the Falcon going, and I would like to go to the lake one time with jet skis. And it's probably just going to be me and Jason. The kids probably won't go. My wife probably won't go. Um, just me and Jason, maybe on a Sunday morning like the old times, we'll go up there and have, have just ride for an hour or two. Hell yeah. Or bring the kids and go to the beach and see what happens. Or if you can get you a, a, a woman with a lake house, you know, somewhere, you know, that'd be good too. Oh, definitely. Work on that. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll keep that in mind. So if you have a lake house and you're looking for a mid 30 year old man, uh, 
Send a message to at DixieG <laughs> at yahoo.com. Oh, shoot. I'm currently Facebook marketplacing Kawasaki X2s. <laughs> Any luck? Uh, there's one for 1500 bucks in Sunman, Indiana. Sounds reasonable. Got turf. Yeah. But do you remember? Do you remember like when back when we were getting into jet skis? Like the price of a stand-up jet ski, you could pick one up for like a a five fifty up for five hundred bucks. Now you're you're like hard pressed to find a running five fifty for less than fifteen hundred dollars. Like the price is like gone way up from back when we I were just, in vintage. I just skis. found one for twelve hundred. Nice. That's probably what I need. Being a fat guy. Oh, bro, 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 bro. Uh, <laughs> I found it. Here is a square nose super jet and an X2 in blue with a trailer for 6K. Let's go get it. Yeah. 91 Yam- 94 Yamaha FX1 with a few mods, garage cap, factory B pipe, MSD enhancer, custom ride plate and intake grate. As wear and tear, hole is still strong. Everything in the hood is clean. Kawasaki X2 is a shell and motor, but haven't gotten it to fire. Good for parts, or if you have more time than me, you can get this ski going. Trailer is a three spot trailer with three. Crates for gas cans, a big container to throw tools, jackets, basically anything you need for the day of riding. Orland Park, <laughs> Illinois. Put your 750 in that 650 X2. Dog, this is what we need. Seems expensive. It is a little expensive for a non-running jet ski. I'm still going to send it to you. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, it's the middle of winter. Let's... let's uh... Offer him three grand? Yeah. Anyway... That's another uh, podcast. Oh, the Wave Blaster is the Yamaha version of the X2. And here's two of them for 2700 And I've heard they're fairly, you know... Legitimate. Legitimate units. Yeah, I'm going to have to stay up all night and look at these. I mean, there's a ton on Marketplace right now, so... I'm not saying you have to only have a vintage ski, but it would be cool to take vintage skis out like once a year. Yeah. Well, it's a lot cheaper to own than a newer jet ski. But that's for sure. I like that. But like Dozer's right. You pull and they don't the, use as much fuel because they're broke down more often. That's right. <laughs> Something about that two stroke gas smell in the exhaust and the, and the, Oh, and that aftermarket pipe. Yes. You want it? Yeah. We're, doing this. Him. we're got them corrupted. It's back in his veins. Except for I'm going to wake up in the morning and, and be like, nah, and be like, nah, just like you did with KOH, you bastard. Yeah. Oh shoot. Leaving us high and dry. I got to hang out with Jason alone. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. Doing the Lord's work. <laughs> Maybe Somebody's we'll, got to keep after me. I maybe, mean, come maybe on we'll, now. Maybe we'll find you a woman out there and then bring her back to Illinois. There you as go. As long as she doesn't bring her vote with her. Ooh. Yeah, Ooh. but here's the thing, though. The, 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 the lake bed, though, in my opinion, is like I was, I was surprised last year. That's like the most non-liberal place I feel like in the state with the amount of like Trump flags that were out there and the F Joe Biden, you know, stickers and signs all over rigs and whatnot like and obviously there's california the, is a lot like illinois there's only a handful of blue counties the rest are are pretty red my aunt lives in georgetown california which is on one end of the rubicon trail and they're just as republican as can be so factory b pipe on this that's a big deal yeah B pipe yeah so. Dozer, didn't you get all juiced up over this? Was it over the summer because of Finnegan's page? 
Mike Finnegan posted about r- running super jets. I don't know what sparked it, but something. I don't know. I, I know. Just, nah. I know that he he uh, he has like two super jets. I think he's got a round nose and he's got a square nose. I think he posted some videos like last year sometime. I know that he he had Cletus go pick up that one super jet and he he stuck ratchet strapped at the top of Ruby when he went to go pick it up and bring it to him. Uh, that's like his vet cart, uh, seven second vet cart. And I don't know. I think that like you saw something about that. And then I think that's what kind of like might have sparked it last year. But I don't know. I agree with you. There's nothing like the smell of a two stroke and just that like the ring ding ding sound that just there's there's just something about it. So if you've got a two stroke jet ski story, please feel free to share it with us. Ask short story long at gmail.com. Get a hold of us on Facebook or uh, text us individually. And uh, if you've got vintage jet skis that you want to sell, apparently we're in the market. <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I need a motor. I need a motor for mine. That's for sure. I think we're going to do a 750 swap on, on yours. That would be cool pretty legitimate that. because they say that the 440 pump is the pump to have when you're doing motor swaps in, those, in that hole. Is it? Because I said I got that 550 pump. I thought the 550 pump was no, what you want. It's, it's everybody... the 440 pump. Oh man! Like people, Dude, people put seven. Like they take a five JS 550, put a 750 motor in it with a 440 pump. Like then that's... the 550 sponsors. Yeah, that's 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 the we ticket. We have multiple skis, part skis with those on it. Like I said, I've got I've got those on that ski sitting out in my shed, dude. I'm I'm legit. Like I'm ready. Like I. Put a 750 motor in there, some 11 degree bars, finger throttle on that thing. New, some new hand grips. You've got Man. 11 degree bars, don't you? I do. I've got a set of 11 degree bars. I need to get a finger throttle for it though, because I don't like I've the got thumb one. throttle. I've got one on my part ski. Dude, we're I'm 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 excited. Like, I've I think after I rode bought that 750, I've always thought if I could have this power, but in my older hole, like this would be where it's at. So. Now is the time to, you know, not let your dreams be dreams and just make it happen. When that tax return hits, let me know. We'll make a deal. Hell yes. Uh, Hopefully I get my W-2 soon because it's about to be February and I'm about to take legal action against our secretary. Ooh, there you go. I'm just kidding. I just, I I told Dozer, I just, (laughs) I just went out and, I just went out and got mine done tonight. So. Nice. Need to get a hold of your jet ski friend over by St. Louis and see if he can help with things. That's what I'm saying. I was, I was actually started messaging him today, but then I got busy at work and then I was like, I just haven't got back to him. But I think if we could get some skis together and parts together, we see if we can't make a trip down to St. Louis one weekend and just, Hey, like, you know, have him help us and get all that stuff put together. I mean, apparently he, he's always, I seen him on Facebook. He just recently picked up a super, I think he picked up a super jet and also a, a uh, Yamaha sit down for cheap. Like, you know, like we are all on like marketplace looking for car deals on cars. He's on like some Missouri pages, you know, for jet skis. And he just finds these deals all over the place. I think he's got like, you know, a shed or something full of just, you know, skis that he picks up for two, 300 bucks and, you know, picks up a motor here or there and just all these part skis that he could just, you know, start putting all these together. So it sounds like it'd be pretty cool to, go down there and take a trip and see all that vintage stuff. And the nice thing is when we were putting stuff together, if we're like, Oh shoot, we need this part. He probably has it. I'm saying, you know, like that'd be a definite, uh, definitely good trip to be on. And like I said, just do it. I figure 
get everything together one weekend, maybe see if we can't go down there. And, you know, I remember he goes out riding a lot at this place called George Winter Park. And George Winter can actually, you start off and it's like a, a little bit of like a lake, but then it actually feeds, I think, the Merrimack. And you can ride down the Merrimack. And I did that a couple times when I was living over there in uh, O'Fallon. And like I said, I, I was working in St. Louis. I rode the river down there and riding the river down there. It's it's fun. I, I really enjoy that. I remember I was sitting on my stand up jet ski riding down there and there's like big ass grass carp just jumping out. I'm like, them, I hope they don't freaking hit me and knock me off. Um, right, vintage skis to the moon this summer. All right, let's abso- do it. Absolutely. Well, guys, like I said, get a hold of us on askshortstorylong at gmail.com, Facebook, um, individually, me or Dozer, or even Jason. Um, if you are a single woman with a stand-up jet ski. Or a sit-down jet ski. You're going to check all the boxes for old Jason over here. But, um, yeah, so, guys, please uh, drop a like, subscribe, uh, turn alerts on, rate us a five-star on your favorite streaming app. Uh, helps us out quite a bit. Um, it's been real. And I guess uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Have a good one, guys. We'll see you on the next one. See you guys later. Later. Everybody in the place hit the fucking deck. But stay on your motherfucking toes. We running this. Let's go. I'm on a boat. I'm on a boat. Everybody look at me because I'm sailing on a boat. I'm on a boat. I'm on a boat. Take a good hard look at the motherfucking boat. Getting there.